We made it, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on the Film Survivor Podcast. I am Tom Santilli, and we made it through the finale. We made it through 37 seasons of Survivor. Uh, It's in the books. We have a winner, and we're going to get to it all here right now. It's a jam-packed edition of this podcast. Uh, There are all kinds of spoilers coming up, so if you have not yet seen it, uh, make sure that you pause this podcast, come back to me later, uh, and then we will you'll you'll have all kinds of stuff to, to kind of get into. But yeah, we're going to be joined with uh, all six of the finalists of Survivor David versus Goliath. I talked to all six of them today, and uh, you know we're talking about, of course, the winner and sole survivor of season 37, uh, Nick Wilson. Nick pulled it off the David against all odds. What a story he had, and uh, he pulled it out in the end. And a deserving winner, and I think a a good winner for this season. I think that the finale lived up to the rest of the show, and uh, what a season it's been. It's just been crazy how well-received everything has been this year. Uh, and we're going to talk to Nick. We're going to talk to Mike. Mike White uh, finished second, technically, with three votes to win the game. Angelina finished in third with zero votes. Uh, I'll have Angelina and Kara on the line together coming up soon. I'll have a solo interview with Nick, solo interview with Mike. Then I'll have Angelina and Kara on a call together. And then to close it out, I will have, uh, last but not least, Allison and Davey on the call. So we're going to get to all that, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time recapping the show. If you guys want to hear my full thoughts on the recap and the live reunion, please go to realitytea.com. That is where I do all of my written coverage of Survivor. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. I'm on Instagram. It's at Film Survivor. Uh, and you can also find the Film Survivor podcast on Facebook. This podcast, of course, is available on iTunes and on Podbean for download for free. So share it around, everybody. But yeah, uh I mean, what can you say? It, it was a good season, a good finish. I think Nick's a good winner. And, uh, you know, if anything, I felt a little kind of taken aback by the final Tribal Council. Now, again, I'm quibbling here because we're talking about, again, what I felt was a, a really top-tier season. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, too, as far as what I think of this season as a whole. But I just feel like it was... A little bit weird uh, going into the final tribal. I was kind of like, "Oh man, I hope Nick can kind of verbalize his story and you know make a case for himself." I kind of forgot that he was a lawyer, to be, <laughs> to be honest. But you can see that he's a lawyer when he got in front of a jury and uh, was arguing his case. Uh, I thought he did great. I was then shocked though by how not good uh, Mike White did in front of the jury. Here's a wordsmith, a guy who's been kind of clever and smarmy and sarcastic all season, and you know has really made us laugh and. He's clearly intelligent and has a great way with words. And he just looked completely faltering and nervous and kind of, you know, recoiling. Uh, and I really thought that that, that might have cost him a couple votes. Who knows? And then, of course, Angelina, she ended up getting zero votes, which is what I expected. But I was just shocked that the jury didn't, I guess, rip into her a little bit more. I was expecting that. There's been a lot of talk this season, and I wrote about this in in my uh, stuff on Reality T, but there's been a lot of talk this season about, you know, uh, it's all true, by the way, uh, the, how people perceive it. It's in the game, and it's in the real world. You know, when a, when a woman on the show uh, does something, they're, they're called bossy or emotional, whereas a male player might be called, you know, strategic or, 
you know, aggressive or, you know, other verbiage is used. And there is a double standard and there is, uh, it's a real thing. And I totally believe that that is, uh, that is going on. That being said, Angelina also did some things that I think male or female are, you know, just villainous. I, I, I'm going to ask her about this in my interview about what she thinks about being called a villain. Uh, but I just feel like, you know, you don't make a fake idol just to humiliate somebody at a tribal council that she did with Allison. Uh, the whole thing with the jacket was very, you know, selfish, if nothing else. Uh, throughout the season, you know, I should also point out that I love Angelina as a character on the show. She added so much uh, entertainment value to the show this year. I thought she was a great player. I did appreciate how hard she was playing. I just was expecting the jury to kind of put her in her place a little bit with that rice uh, you know, the rice comments over and over again, or, or her embellishing things like, you know, the hundred foot ladder that she <laughs> climbed to the top of Mount Everest, you know, to get her idol, whatever, you know, just all that kind of stuff. I uh, I was surprised. So I was a little taken aback. And I also thought that it was just kind of maybe bland. There wasn't as many fireworks as I had hoped. Uh, I think the cast just likes each other too much this season. This was also great. Not only was this a great cast, but this was a fantastic jury. Ultimately, I mean, we've seen bitter juries. There's been talk year after year about like, how do we make the juries less bitter? You know, how can they be focused more on the game? Well, first of all, I still love the new the new style of Final Tribal. You know, gone are the days of like each person gets up and asks a question and it's very formal. I kind of like the open conversation dialogue. I think that definitely adds to it at the end. But for whatever reason, this jury was just loving it. Nobody had hard feelings. If you watch the Ponderosa videos on CBS, it was just like a love fest every time anybody came off the show. Didn't matter what they did in the game, they were well received back at Ponderosa. Just all kinds of great things. Uh but yeah, just a great cast, great jury, great winner. I don't know. Speaking of that, uh today, later today on Reality T, uh I want you guys to keep Check in Reality T out because I am going to be putting out my updated rankings. Uh, I put out every after every season, I put out a new ranking of most memorable seasons, and I put out a ranking of all-time Survivor winners. So where do you think that David versus Goliath should rank? Is this a top-tier season? Is this like a top-five season? Is it deserve less than that? Is it just getting overhyped? And where does Nick fall? Is Nick considered a great winner? An average winner, a not-so-good winner? Hit me up. Let me know what you think. You can still sway my opinion here for a couple hours. But, uh, yeah, look for those later today. The other real quick thing I was I mentioned, too, that I thought I should mention on the podcast was, because this got a lot, of, uh, a lot of love and attention on Twitter, but uh, the idea that, is it time to get away from this final three? Probst for years has defended the final three over the final two, which it was how it used to be in the past, and then it kind of went back and forth, and then pretty much it's always at the final three now the last several years. But I did some research, and did you know that uh, the third place finisher, the person who finishes third out of the final three, has only received one vote, one single vote, over the past seven seasons of Survivor? One vote. If you go back a little further, they've received three total votes over the last nine seasons. 
So there has never been a situation where we've been in a final three where the third place finisher, uh, at least in the last five years of the show, 10, 10 seasons of the show, has there been a third place winner who received more than one vote and often it's zero. So what is that person doing? Uh, it, it's been argued that, you know, oh, it helps the jury so there's no, make sure there's no tie or things like that. There's more options. It makes, you know, for a more dynamic final tribal, which might be true. But the tie thing is thrown out. Last season we had a tie, we had a final three, and we had a tie vote still. So that doesn't work, that argument. Um, and I don't know. Tell me what you think about that too. It's a controversy. It comes up every season. And uh, I'm not against the final three, but I feel like once I did that, those numbers and pulled the numbers, I'm, I'm kind of asking myself, like, why? Why is there just a third-place person that gets dragged to the end and sits there and does nothing? Like, wouldn't shouldn't it be down to maybe two people? I don't know. I like the fire-making thing, too, though, so I'm a little torn. All that being said, guys, uh, just another wonderful season. I really appreciate you staying with uh, my recaps and this podcast. I'm really excited about Survivor Edge of Extinction, which was the preview uh, that we got to see. It's Survivor 38. We have four returning survivors, one of which I'm at least not very thrilled with, uh, but I'll get into that in a different podcast. But, uh, yeah, that, that's coming February 20th, uh, so we'll have a, just a couple months off, brief month or month and a half off to see uh, some other shows on television. I don't even know what else is on on Wednesdays, but uh, we'll be back for sure. Uh, Survivor, Edge of Extinction in February. It sounds pretty wanky. We'll have to figure out what it's all about. I'm sure there are going to be a lot more details uh, coming down the pike, so... Without that, uh, without further ado, though, let's just segue right into these interviews. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli, and please uh, check me out there. Also, I'm a TV producer. I have a show called Movie Show Plus. It's all about movies, celebrity interviews, all kinds of good stuff. It's on MovieShowPlus.com. I urge everybody to go check that out as well. So let's get going. We'll start it off with the sole survivor himself, Nick Wilson. All right. Hey, Nick, congratulations, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you got through the uh, the after parties and everything. How, how was yesterday? Just wrap it all up in your head. What, what are you making sense of today? Oh, man. I don't even – what happened? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a, such a whirlwind, but in the best possible way imaginable. Sure, sure. So – you had, as as was pointed out last night, uh, you had several final two alliances. You know, many of which you gave nicknames to, which uh, you know we don't usually see a lot of uh, <laughs> nickname alliances on Survivor. Um, but w- was there any strategy uh, behind not not just having these final two deals, but also like naming them, making them like a thing? Yeah, so I think it started out as just something to have fun, and I thought it would be funny to have an alliance name. So I made one with Elizabeth, but uh, I started. I noticed that she felt like a very close kinship to me and like a personal, like very strong about our personal relationship. And when Carl and Pat were discussing Get Rid of Me first, like Elizabeth came to me immediately and, and told me what was going on. So I started thinking, man, like maybe I'm onto something here. So, uh, yeah, I started doing more named alliances and and it, it worked out. <laughs> You know, they talk about a perfect game on Survivor, which is if you get to the end and if you win unanimously and have no votes against you. You didn't win unanimously, but you did get through the game without having a single vote cast against you. That has to be a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
I, I'm super proud of that. I didn't get a single vote the whole time <laughs> until the end when, when the votes count for right. the money. When that's when so, you want to see your so, name. Yeah. Especially when people were considering voting for me on day one. So for me to be able to turn my game around completely just from one close call and then to not even receive a single vote, yeah, that, that, was, that was an amazing feeling. And I don't know if we'll have any more perfect games because the fire-making challenge is it's a total game-changer in my opinion. Mm. And we're going to have closer travels. There's going to be more um, – there's going to be situations where there's more people at the end who have a very good case to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was a total game-changer. You were close with Davey out there, uh, you know, and it seemed like you were the most angry when, uh, you know, when he was voted off. Um, but – would you have wanted to go with him all the way to the very end? Like, do you did you see that you could have won against Davy, or would you have had to have gotten rid of him at some point? Well, I I felt like I I felt like I played the game best game, especially up to that point, because that was kind of before Mike really took over mm-hmm. part of the game. So I felt like I could have beat anybody, but it's I was so sad to see Davy go because he was like my best friend from day one. But honestly, maybe it was kind of a blessing. For me, sitting at the end, that Davey did go home and I had nothing to do with it. Mm. I wouldn't have wanted to plan it out that way or I didn't want to see him go. But, yeah, I think it actually worked out in my favor when it was all said and done. I think a lot of us watching the show, too, we were uh, we had kind of forgotten that you were a lawyer in your real life until we saw yeah. how well you carried yourself in front of the jury at the end of there. Um, what what did you what was your feel at the final tribal? Did you feel like you were nailing it, or, or did you leave less confident than you had gone into it? Yeah, that's funny because uh, actually nobody knew I was a lawyer. I lied about that the whole game. Uh. Um, it would never come up on TV, so <laughs> the jury was all surprised that I was so doing so well at explaining my case in a compelling way because nobody knew I was a lawyer. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, you know, I knew I had that ability, and I knew I had those skills that if I could make it to the end, that I could uh, lay out my game in a very coherent and logical way, and 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 in a persuasive way. And I felt like the tribal council did go that way, but really, Mike and Angelina did a good job too. So I was very pleased with my performance, but I also realized, like, you know, I was at the end with some real players. Um, it's not a surprise to me that Mike got some votes. He played a good game. And he did a, he did a good job too. So so I was very proud of my performance, but I I, I still thought I won. But I mean, I, I really had to sweat about it for a little while. While I was trying to count votes because sure. they all did a good job. The jury did a good job too of keeping their emotions hidden and and not letting us know like who they were um, advocating for or voting for. So yeah, for a little while I was I was uh, a little puzzled on what had actually happened with Angelina. Uh, she's a very strong personality. She's great on the show. I love Angelina. Uh, but I also was surprised, you know, for how many times like the, the show, you know, uh, put on like the jacket gate thing and the whole, you know, her, you know, winning the rice for her tribe and how she mentioned it over and over again. I was kind of surprised that nobody kind of laid into her more at the, at the final jury. Do, do you feel, was there parts of Angelina's game that us, the viewer didn't get to see that, I guess would gave her more clout to actually be a threat at the end. Uh, I mean, I thought she might get a vote or two at the end and she didn't. So I think maybe the jury had kind of just already decided that, you know, 
that they weren't going to vote for her. So I think maybe they just let her plead her case. I mean, that's it. in my opinion, if you make it to the final three, no matter what you did or how you got there, you deserve, you have the right to plead your case to the jury. And I think that the jury re- were respectful of that, and, and they let her plead her case. And, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they didn't lay into her about it. I mean, she brought it up on her own, so it was fine. They were, they were just respectful of her and the fact that she did make it to the end. And I think that shows a lot of sportsmanship and, and they were just, they, it was, they were a great jury. Like they took their job seriously. They kept things hidden and they were respectful of us yet critical and they made us sweat too. So, um, I guess I think they probably just respected the game. Okay. There's a lot of talk every season. People start debating whether or not Survivor should have a final three or a final two. You're a fan of the show. Uh, I I did some research and and found out that the third place finisher uh, in Survivor has only received one winning vote over the past seven seasons. Uh, meaning that the wow. third place person usually doesn't get any any votes, just kind of makes it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are, What are your thoughts as a fan of the game? Um, do you like the dynamic of the final three, or do you think that it should be a final two? Uh, I think that that you just gave shows how important it is to have a final three because otherwise you're just letting an immunity challenge decide who the winner is. Mm. If there's three people at the end and there's an obvious person to take to the end, then it basically comes down to okay. If I win the final immunity, I'm going to take Angelina. If mm. Mike wins it, he's going to take Angelina. Sure. You know, and if Angelina wins it, she's just basically picking who she gives the million dollars to. So I think that I would rather the jury have the decision on who should win instead of a person who won a challenge one day. So I, I advocate for the final three. That's a great point, great point. Um, what are you the most proud of out there as far as – your game, your social game, anything, what do you look back on and, and you and you just say, wow, you know, like I, I can't believe I did that or I pulled that part out? Yeah, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of my social game. I really felt like I made some real connections out there and I'm still friends with these people to to this day. And and I mean I'm I'm proud of I think I think I fostered an environment that encouraged gameplay and fluid gameplay. And it allowed for big moves. Um, everybody out there played as hard as they could and tried to win and understood it was a game. And if you're playing a game, you try to win. Mm. And so I think that I think that everybody had fun out there, respected each other, and and I think that we had a great season because of it. And I really think that I had a part in that as as a fan and as a person who felt grateful and blessed to be out there. I feel like um, I feel like I was able to make moves, but do it in a fun way, and and everyone appreciated it. Nobody that got voted out went out in a, in a rage or with a temper or or anything. Everyone was so respectful of the gameplay and of the moves. Um, so I think it was just great sportsmanship by everybody, and and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of our season. Yeah, man. Well, I got one last question for you. Uh, what was the most surprising thing just watching back on television? You know, most people don't realize that this, the game took place several, several months ago, but when you watch it back mm-hmm. on TV, were you surprised at all? Did your opinions change at all? What was the biggest thing that stood out to you as far as watching it back? Um, I think I definitely didn't give Kara enough credit when I was out there. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, um, when I was surprised, 
to see. I was pretty surprised too with Davian Christian gunning for me last week. Um, <laughs> of course, I knew it happened because they told me about it and Mike told me about it. But to actually see it, yeah, that was kind of tough to watch. But I mean, <laughs> it was just—it was—it was just an epic season. I mean, I was surprised that every single episode, every single vote, everyone was so in love with what happened and and all the characters and and I was I'm just super proud. You're you're a sole survivor of one of the top you know top five seasons of all time, man. You should be you should be proud. And it was awesome watching you. And uh, wish you nothing but the best uh, down the road, man. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> all right, have a good day today. Thank you. You too. There's Nick, the winner of season 38, David versus Goliath. And uh, we'll go now to the second place finisher who received three votes to win. Here's my interview with Mike White. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. This is uh, doubly exciting for me because I'm also a film critic, actually, and a member of the BFCA. So it's really cool to talk to you. Oh, awesome. Cool. (laughs) How are you uh, holding up from yesterday, man? I'm a little hungover, but I'm happy to be alive. <laughs> That's always uh, yeah, the big sign after a day like that. So, yeah. Um, so, Jeff Probst mentioned on the show last night, the reunion show, that you had uh, turned down um, work to come play Survivor. Um, can you talk mm-hmm. about that at all? Yeah, I'm not going to go into the specific project, but, like, yeah, I, I had a cool job lined up that I was, like, this could be cool, but it was not that hard of a decision <laughs> because, you know, I don't know. It's like Survivor. <laughs> Once in a lifetime. Right. And, you know, but, uh, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, you know, a dream of mine to go do that for a long time and, and, you know, watched every episode of the show since the beginning. And so, and I'd been like kind of lobbying to do it for a long time. And when they said, they said maybe this season is the one. I was like, yes, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you about that too. You had a really funny line in the premiere uh, that I, it was something along the lines of, you know, you know, most of your colleagues are losers because uh, they all want to win an Oscar. You know, you want to win Survivor. Um, I thought that was really funny. What uh, talk about that a little bit though? Why do you, why did you have why do you have this pull towards reality television? I know you were on Amazing Race and now Survivor. Um, what about it uh, has appealed to you? Um, yeah, I, you know, like I just, I I remember I was actually, there was a CBS executive who brought those shows to, uh, CBS like back in 1999, this guy, Ken Maynard, and he went to, uh, the same high school as I did. And I remember having lunch with him before the shows made it on the air and he was telling me that the ideas behind the games and like what they were and like and i was like that sounds so cool <laughs> i was like that sounds so cool uh, really like it was like the idea of survivor like that sounds amazing <laughs> so like i was like i saw, i watched the first episode because i'd already like heard from him about it yeah and then i just became obsessed and like i guess like I, you know like i like games i'm competitive but like also a game where it's like you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the psychological part of it and like the human, you know, this kind of like window into human nature and showing what people are like under stress. And I just, yeah, it was like compelling just as a writer too. And yeah, it's, it, it's like, I don't know, there's always a conflict as a writer, like you 
you want to you're not you feel like or am I observer of life or am I a participant and mm-hmm. And so after a while of watching the show, I'm like, I, yeah, I want to, I want to be in it. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just, you know, watch it. So like, you know, sure. really, I was, you know, Survivor was my first love, I guess, but like Amazing Race seemed more fun. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And so initially I was like, well, maybe Amazing Race because that, <laughs> that was fun too. And, you know, getting to do that with my dad, Yeah. but I never liked to fully scratch the itch that like I would watch Survivor and be like gosh I wonder how I would do I always you know like you watch a show you're like oh I think I would do well with that <laughs> like I, I feel like I could play a good game in that world and but it's like at some point you're like yeah let's go see I want to prove it <laughs> with uh you know, some people too. When when you come from Hollywood, you have a very successful you know career in Hollywood. Uh, people would argue that you know you don't quote unquote need you know the money. That it's more that you're like playing for the experience. D- do you feel like one's situation outside of the game you know allows them to play a little bit like looser? Like, did you feel do you feel you have an advantage over somebody who's in the game like planning their future off of the million dollars that they're gonna win? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an, it's an advantage or a disadvantage. I mean, I think at the beginning, especially on the Goliath tribe, I felt like I was targeted for all of that. Like, I didn't feel like that was mm-hmm. helping me <laughs> as far as my game. I felt like I was on the, uh, on my heels. Right. Uh, um, but then I decided to, to lean into it and I would, I played a game that like, yeah, you would have to have like where the advantages of it, um, became, apparent to me where I would just say, look, I'm never going to win the money. Hmm. I hope you, if, you know, I, if probably I can't win it, so I hope you can win it. And like, let's just go to the end together. And that, that works okay. <laughs> with a lot of the, with a lot of the people out there where they really felt like I was their like, you know, wingman to, mm-hmm. to the end. And it, it allowed me to kind of control certain stuff toward the end, especially when the players left on the field were people that, or people I was working with. So, do you ultimately feel like that played into people not voting for you to win at the end? That your your career and things like that, or do you feel like it was solely gameplay based? Um, you know, it's hard. You'd have to ask other people. I do think that I do think that I, at least from the anecdotal stuff that I, you know, talking to people, I think I actually had more votes going into the final tribal than I did coming out of it. Uh, I think more people (laughs) were planning. I don't know if I would have won, but I think I would have definitely had one or two more votes, which would have at least tied it up. Uh, I mean, there are some people that are definitely going to vote for Nick no matter what, but, but I think that at tribal, you know, I got a little conflicted and it was a little too, I, you know, like I never really, I, 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 it was funny because my whole strategy was like, stay to the end and then a tribal do what you do Mike like go tell the best story and like you know you can like dazzle them and like this was I felt like that was my that was gonna be my kind of yeah I you know like in a way I was like I'll be the Trojan goat like bring me to the end (laughs) of the goat and then I you know like and then I'll come in and just like and and what was weird is that then when I got in there I kind of just I don't know I just didn't have the stomach to really I, I just I don't know I got conflicted about the money part of it and sitting oh, wow. and, and I was like what am I doing like it's like I want to <laughs> like yeah I want to win the title but like it's like I that's fine give him the money like I don't know it's like I just I, I was 
Huh. You know, I never was at cross purposes <laughs> until then. Like I wow. wanted to be in, like I knew what I, my motive was and I was like, let's do this. But then at the, at, when I sat there at the end, I was just like, well, this is weird. Like, especially, and I think, I don't think I would have felt that way so much in a different theme. Okay. <laughs> Something about the whole theme, the David <laughs> versus Goliath and the underdog and Nick being like kind of a representative of that. And like <laughs> me being the Goliath who's like, I'm not a, obviously a Goliath because I'm, you know, John Hennigan, like some right, you right. Know, muscle-bound mofo. I'm a Goliath because whatever. I'm People are like, am I the rich, successful guy or something? I don't know. And so it just made it even more like strike. Like it's like, okay, this is like, yeah, this is just from the story. I was like, this is a very David Goliath. And maybe I should just let, <laughs> not that he, I let him win. I do think, uh, you know, Nick played a great game. And, sure. and by all accounts, you know, like I would never take anything away from his win. But it was, it just, I, yeah, I did have that moment there where I'm like, what am I doing here? And I think at one point they didn't show it, but I did have like this like crisis in front of the whole jury where I was like, I don't even know what I want right now. <laughs> wow. That's, that's pretty revealing, man. I, I but, and I was going to ask you about that, but you, you had brought up that like car analogy that I thought was so great, you know, where you, you weren't driving the car, but you were the one in the backseat, like telling them, I kept screaming at the TV, like, Mike, tell them that, tell the jury that story. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there was a lot of things I wanted to talk talk about there. It was weird. I I feel like it was. It's funny how all the things you think are going to be your strengths it turn out to be flaws and yeah. vice vice versa. There's a lot of but, but I have to say when it's all said and done and watching it last night, I was like, this was this is probably the right <laughs> ending, not just for the season, but for me too. It's like if I sure. won the if I'd won the game, I feel like people would come to my house and torch it. <laughs> my last question for you, because I'm running out of time, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, what, what are some of your favorite films of, uh, of 2018? You know, it's so funny. I haven't really seen a ton of movies this, this year. Uh, I, I'm hoping to catch up over the holidays, but okay. between survivor viewing parties and like trying to catch up on the work <laughs> that I missed while I was out there, I've like, I haven't been to the theaters at all, so I'm not the right person to ask. Anything coming up for you? What's the next projects? I have a movie that's in post for Disney called The One and Only Ivan, Um, and that's with um, Bryan Cranston. Um, That is a cool thing, and I have another movie that I'm... um, writing i that's in production for it's an animated movie for um illumination uh called migration it's about it's like a it's like a family road comedy but with ducks <laughs> fantastic mike well hey dude it was really super cool watching you on the show um i was rooting for you and uh you know just thanks oh, for thanks. being a part of it and uh best of luck to you man oh, look forward you. to seeing what you do next awesome thank you i right. appreciate it thank take you. care goodbye up next, we have my interview. Here is my interview with Angelina and Kara, who are on the phone uh, sharing a call with me. Uh, let's get into that with them. Hi, Angelina and Kara. Good morning. <laughs> How, how's it going today? How are you guys feeling after uh, yesterday's uh, after party and reunion and all that? <laughs> We're good. We're drinking coffee, you know, through. Both alive, yes, so that's good. I- yeah, we're fine. We're ready to we're ready for you. We're ready, ready for anything. Ready for anything. So let me start with a question for Kara. Um, 
last night it looked like you at one point were making that move against Mike uh, late in the game, and it ultimately didn't kind of come together. What what happened there? How close were you to actually trying to turn things on Mike? Yeah, it was um, it was one of those decisions where you're at that point in the game just looking towards the final three and who can you win against. And um, I wanted at one point I, I felt like it might not have been the best to sit next to them because our games were so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how the jury was going to decide between the two, and I didn't know if both would be so split between us that Nick was going to get the win. Um, and so. I, I wanted him at that point out, and then I realized, okay, that puts Allison in the final three with me. Um, and then I imagined that final three, tribal, final tribal, and um, that was really difficult because I know my personality against Allison, she's really well-versed on um, thinking how well her game was played to the point where all along it looked like her game was just so much superior to mine. Um, and I just knew that that would have been really rough, even more so than Mike. Um, and that's the reason why, ultimately, it, it was a decision to take Allison out because we, and you see me in my, when I hold up my vote, it's like, I just knew that I wouldn't be able to win against you um, in the mm-hmm. final tribal. So that, that was really the, the deciding factor. Okay. Um, Angelina, last night, uh, you know, Jeff Probst called you uh, one of the most polarizing players this season. Uh, Mike called you a diabolical villain on the show. Uh, now, no, no real villain, you know, thinks of themselves as a villain. But with that said, do you accept that that title? Are are you a villain? Oh, I'll definitely accept the villain title. I think <laughs> I think villains are people who are willing to, you know, be be devious, make crazy moves, have fun with the game. Um, I'd like to think of myself as a lovable villain. <laughs> um, my name is Angelina, so uh, yeah. So I mean. Yeah, so I, I would say lovable villain would be my preference. <laughs> and then also, you know, so last night, you know, the final votes, uh, you didn't receive any there at the end. But did you go into that tribal council? Um, what was your, like, mindset going in and then coming out? Did you feel like you had a better chance? Did you feel conf- more confident coming out of final, less confident, the same? Where, where was your head at? Yeah, so um, – Man, so I knew I knew after the Elizabeth scandal that if I was lucky enough to make it to the end, that it was going to be a really steep uphill battle for me. You know, I I was cognizant of uh, the vibe with the jury, the vibe with the people still in the game, with the people leaving the game. It's like I knew that it, it was just reputational damage was really <laughs> bad. And so what I did, you know, being kind of an internal optimist was, I convinced myself that if I just continued to um, play my best game, play hard, be creative, have fun, you know, form relationships, that maybe at the end I could stick up for myself, explain everything I'd done, differentiate myself from the people I was sitting next to, and maybe, just maybe, that would give me a shot. But, of course, you know, I I knew that it was a very long shot. I call it a moonshot mission Uh of mine, and so I was not surprised to see how it all um, shook out. I, you know, it was, like I said, in, in final tribal, it was a really, really rough journey for me out there, probably harder than anyone else. And part of that was from my own doing. Um, but part of it was also because of just how people, um, you know, reacted to me. And, and so again, you know, you see it back and you could see things you tweak and you learn from it. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I do think that I played a tough game and a unique game, and, and I'm a unique person out there that the show hasn't seen many of. Um, and so, you know, 
did <laughs> did everything I could, tried my best, and had a had a blast. Sure. Uh, now, Kira, I watched your your Ponderosa video. Is it true that you were using the wrong side of your knife for the the fire making challenge? <laughs> that is absolutely true. I crazily <laughs> watched it back. And, um, oh man! It's actually impressive. I was making a spark with the blunt side of the knife. Oh my god! Um, yeah, that's definitely true. It was. Uh, I I couldn't say that I crumbled under pressure. Uh, I pretty much like felt like I had it under control. Um, but of course not, not aware enough to notice that I, I had the wrong side. Would it, would it have changed the outcome? Nobody will never know, but yeah, sure. it's, it's kind of funny. You, you also played a, an interesting game because, um, you know, you were under the radar a lot of times, but I thought it was really interesting that almost, we, we always saw everybody who was making big moves always seemed to be telling you about them <laughs> and then they would just kind of completely forget mm-hmm. that you were around. Um, is that a strategy that you had coming into the game, or did it just did you just kind of fall into that role with how you developed your your relationships with people? Yes, that was absolutely my goal, my mission to go into the game. Um, just knowing my personality, I'm very easy to get along with and easy to open up to, um, and so I knew that that was going to be a strong point for me, um, and that was definitely a. Um, it definitely helped me in the game to be in the know for almost you know every tribal besides two of them. Um, so that was definitely, I executed that really well in my opinion. It's something that's uh, super hard to highlight as the um, editing team for CBS. It's not exactly the most exciting thing, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I was super proud because I know it's not really easy to go in there and you know watch these big personalities kind of implode in mm-hmm. front of you while you're trying to... <laughs> feel like you're making decisions while also it not being known. So it's, it's this fragile balance between so many different facets of um, the game, which makes it really a lot of fun. So I did want to address this with both of you on on the call. I just want to ask you guys. So both of you were kind of involved in slight little you know controversies like outside of the game. Um, you know, Kara with the, with you and that in the photo that Alec had posted. You know, before the game started. And then Angelina, when when Jeremy was voted out, he made that big, you know, accusations about a showmance and all that kind of stuff. Um, we noticed that both Alec and Jeremy were missing from the reunion show. Um, can can each of you, can any of you give comments on either of those situations or any insights uh, for us into those? Yeah. Well, I want to go first. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll go first. Um, yeah, it's the... Um... Uh, so Jeremy's wasn't related. Alex was, and um, I'd rather him speak on it than me, but I, I was very much a part of the entire thing, and it was very much a, um, an unfortunate situation that got incredibly misconstrued, and as we all know, the Internet can make fake things true, mm-hmm. and when a TMZ article gets submitted with a certain title, uh, that is not factual to everyone. And what Jeff had to do was protect his show. He made a decision, and um, Alec respected that. was super bummed, obviously, because it was taken so wildly out of context. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a really unfortunate situation for a really good player to not have been at the reunion. Sure, sure. And Angelina? Yeah, so, yeah, the, the whole controversy um, – with Jeremy was, was really unfortunate and indecent of him to do because 
essentially what it boiled down to is that um, he he mischaracterized my friendship and alliance with John in the game. It was his it was his opinion that it was a showmance. It was not fact. Nothing was happening ever. And so um, the, what happened in the game is that he he was using that word. I asked him to please stop. You know, I reminded him I'm married yeah. and that I wasn't doing anything wrong. And he can, he laughed it off that it was a joke. Continued to say it. And so when I whipped the votes for him, I explained to people it's both strategic and emotional. Strategically, he could win this game. Uh, emotionally, he's you know disrespecting me in a really big way. And so we need to get rid of him. And so that's kind of what happened um, back there. I know it's a little bit of old news, right. um, but obviously very hurtful. Well, well below the belt of what you do to anyone in in exit press or otherwise. So you know he knows where I stand on it. Um, you know I did see him this week. He was in California and. I just told him, I said, look, I want to bury the hatchet. I'm not one to hold a grudge. You know how I felt about it. It was not okay. But, um, you know, being a, a Catholic, it's like you. I practice forgiveness. I practice grace. We all make mistakes. And so I am moving on from it. I think he is too. Um, his absence at the show did not have anything to do with that. Um, okay. He actually left Ponderosa on his own accord, and that's why he was not able to attend the reunion show. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I'm glad yeah. I got past that. I just wanted to make sure I got you guys to both be able to respond to that. Um, but let's get back to the game. Um, Kara, I, I wanted to ask, too, did you want, could you explain? Um, I know that you were with Mike for a lot of the game. It, did you vote for him in the end, ultimately, uh, just because you had kind of got to see his game more up close? Or were there other reasons why you voted for Mike, ultimately, over Nick or Angelina? Yeah, you kind of nailed it. Um, I was able to be there up until, you know, the last day. So I got to see Mike's game unfold um, each and every day and kept noticing, you know, he either had the same relationships I had um, or even a little bit better. So it, it felt to me like he played a game that I set out to play. His was just next level. So my vote for him ultimately was personal, but I did go into final travel with a super open mind um, for all three games because the beauty of it was they were all very different. Um, but in the end, I think that Mike's game is one that's, super hard to highlight editing-wise. Um, it's kind of like the news of Survivor where you have to manage these threat levels while also doing, um, making moves. Um, and I think that he did that um, really gracefully and respectfully, and I, I think that that's why I was very impressed. Okay. You know, maybe this is a question for both of you. Um, you know, being on opposite sides there at the end with one of you on the jury, one of you, you know, at the final tribal, uh, Elizabeth had said something like, you know, a lot of the jury members were still open-minded to who they were voting for. Uh, Angelina, did you find that to be true, uh, you know, going through that final tribal, or did you think that some of them, more of their minds were made up? And then Kara, being on the jury, can you verify that that was true or not true? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I hoped it would be true because, you, you know, your biggest hope is that in Final Tribal that you can make your arguments, you can reveal things about your game that people might not have known, you know, you could really appeal to them. Um, so I, I wanted that to be true. That being said, I, I do think a lot of them had a very strong idea about who they were leaning towards or some people um, were even advocating for the person that they wanted, and that's totally fair game, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, I think there were a lot of strong voices and opinions um, back at Ponderosa. Um, some people who were, you know, maybe scorned, and and I think that absolutely permeates um, the the kind of mentality and 
the way people come into the into the final tribal. And, and again, that's what makes the game so compelling is that the people that you get out have to be the people who vote for you. And it's a really delicate balance. It's a tightrope walk, and it's um, it's it's not easy. So, you know, um, I, I can't speak for them, but I think it was mixed. And, um, yeah. Okay. And Kara, what was your vibe from the jury? So I... I was able to be in Ponderosa for a night and see these people. I respect the hell of this season because everyone took this very seriously, which made me super happy. Yeah. Um, and I wish anyone, I wish they had a, a camera on the people who had these notepads, like these notepads <laughs> with like 50 pages full of notes, people, you know, going this way and that, having one-off conversations. Um, it was very methodical how people were deciding to vote. Um, and I truly think, you know, given the notes, you don't, you, if you walk in a final tribal with nothing, then you kind of have a premonition of where your vote's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing everyone's tactic going into it, the questions that were being asked, the fact that it lasted three hours, mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. we were all torn as to where our votes were going to go between the three of them. So it very much, in my opinion, was a majority open at the start of final tribal. Well, you guys both were were amazing to watch on the show. It was an awesome cast, and you guys both played a part in that. Uh, And, again, it was really cool getting a chance to chat with you. My time's up. Uh, But wish you both the best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Final interview of the podcast coming up right now. This is my interview with Allison and Davey. Here we go. Hello. Hi, Tom. Hey, how's it going, Allison? uh, Davey, how are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good, you know, a little hungover, but doing all right. I was going to say that the later these exit interviews go, the, the, the more awake people sound a little bit. So that's good that you guys uh, survived the night. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so my first question I have for, uh, for both of you, uh, you know, Allison, you ended up voting for Mike to win the game. David, you voted for Nick. Uh, talk us through, give me some reasons why, uh, not only why you voted the way you did, but also why you didn't vote for the other two. Um, so for me uh, Mike and I played this game from day two day three together and we were in it it was an alliance that never really aired um, because they wanted to show the the indecision of Mike whether or not he goes for me or the other person whose neck was on the chopping block but in truth Mike was my guardian angel he was so good at the game he did not have to worry about his own fate he just got to have the fun of being the puppet master to see how long could he keep his Wonder Woman doctor in the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. And truthfully, he had inspired social play. Mm-hmm. He convinced everyone who was left in the final six except Davey that he was their number one ally. Um, and I think that that's pretty remarkable that he basically had, um, you know, final two deals with four out of the remaining five other castaways mm-hmm. um, at that final six. Um, to speak to why I did not vote for Nick, so Nick and I didn't really play much of the game together. We were early merged. We discussed playing the game, and, uh, you know, he stole my vote, and he said partly because it was the joy of trolling me. Uh, and and I, from that moment on, it didn't really seem like he ever wanted to play the game with me. Um, I think the other thing that was hard is um, Nick is a really passionate person, and he can be a bit of a... Um, a firebrand. Um, uh, when he was left out of the two blind sides, that being the Carl blind side and Baby's blind side, we we saw a bit of just kind of uh, a wily behavior. There was watering canteens that were thrown across the beach. Things that um, that for me it was hard to look past. 
But that being said, I think he played an incredible game, and he represents everything that a wonderful survivor represents. Yeah. Um, so do I think he's deserving? A hundred percent. Am I proud to have him carry our torch forevermore? Absolutely. <laughs> and Davey? Yeah. Um, you know, I think Allison touched on the reason why I voted for Nick. It's because he's so passionate about the game. Because those blind sides, he was a genuine person, and his friends getting out hurt him. You know, I told Nick time and time again, Nick, these blind sides are going to happen, dude. If I'm the one to go, you can't, you can't go crazy and, and do what you've done. But, you know, seeing that happen and him coming back to tribal and hearing about that, I was like, wow, man, this is my guy, man. He was not just playing me throughout the, throughout the whole game. We were really Team Dick. That's Davey and Nick. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that he made those Alliance names, you know, I think Alliance names made you even closer to people. The fact that he, you know, was potentially maybe the first one to go home and he came back and brought it uh, full circle. Yeah. You know, the fact that I gave that speech in the end and telling, you know, someone make a bigger move, and well, I guess, and that's why I didn't vote for Mike. You know, mm -hmm. I... I Looked around, the, I read everyone's faces, and I was able to, you know, see that Mike was the one that orchestrated it. And had Nick not gotten Goliath after Goliath after Goliath out and won three immunities, the only person on our season to win multiple immunities, mm -hmm. had, he done, had he not done that, then that would not have been a bigger move than the orchestrated blind side of me going home. Okay, okay. So, um... So that, then you guys would safely say then that it was true what Elizabeth said, that your votes weren't necessarily made up at tribal, uh, at the final tribal, like you, you were still kind of open to hearing some things, or had at that point had you guys kind of both decided? Yeah, I absolutely. I was very – oh, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely I was, you know, open to uh, – I guess I'd say 75% open to um, swaying every which way. But then again, like I said, you know, those relationships that I made with Nick, him being my best friend in the game, I was, you know, kind of really sure. Unless Mike came up and, and just killed it in tribal, or if Angelina had somehow, some way, put something new out of the hat, that I would have been voting for Nick. Okay. Um, and for me, yeah. I was very open walking into that tribal council. I, to be honest, I was still very raw yes. from the, uh, you know, yeah. brutal uh, kind of abusive uh, relationships that I faced on day 37. Right. Um, but I walked, I walked into tribal quite open and conflicted between Nick and Mike. And um, what it took was Mike recognizing kind of the, his biggest regret in the game and acknowledging the um, depth of our friendship for me to be able to remember how incredible a strategic and social game he did play. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Davey, um, I was super impressed with your game the whole game. The whole season I've been kind of, like, talking about it, how great you've been playing. Everybody was, like, all about Christian for a while there, and I was like, dude, you guys got to look past Christian and see who's kind of helping yeah. Christian get through this game, and that's Davey, you know? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You were clearly on your way to winning the game had you have been able to get to the end, I think. Uh, yeah. Looking at your own game, though, I'm sure it's easy to play, you know, Monday morning quarterback, but, like, what do you look at and say, man, if I could have done this or done that, you know, things might have been different for me? Um, there's two big things. The first thing is when Carl was blindsided. You didn't see this uh, because they have to tell a certain story, but me and Gabby are extremely close. I think out of everyone in the cast, 
she's the one that I talk to every day about Survivor. Okay. And the fact that I was so close to her and I was so close to Carl, I, I blame myself for the way that goes because I should have been able to get those two together, get them to common ground mm-hmm. to where we could continue to pick those Goliaths off one by one by one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't go that way, and we lost those numbers and almost, you know, didn't fulfill the prophecy of David versus Goliath. <laughs> and I think the, yeah, I think the second mistake, I, I, won't, I won't call them mistakes, but the second thing that maybe I would have done differently is I probably should have chosen Angelina for that reward instead of Kara because Kara recognized that I was a threat, even though we had such a great uh, relationship. She knew that if she made it to the end, she, she wasn't going to win against me. Mm-hmm. And I think Angelina, you know, just our genuine friendship, she was hurt by the fact that I picked Kara instead of her. Mm, I see. So it would have managed her a little bit better, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Allison, you know, you, you received, the, you know, the, the, the quiet edit early on. We didn't really see much of you <laughs> until it got late in the game. Uh, you know, also, it, people had pointed out on social media today that, you know, you you know for as deep as you made it in the game, you know, I know that pros can't address everybody at the reunion show, but he didn't ask you a direct question. Uh Yep. Throughout the game, your vote was negated four different times for my count at Tribal Council, either by Hidden Idols or when Nick stole your vote. Um, how frustrating was this experience? And not actually, only out- not frustrating. Really? Okay. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say not just um, actually, uh, in the game, but like also watching it back on television as to how they portrayed it. Thank you for this question. Um so the, to the point of having my vote negated, the only time it was frustrating and scary was when my vote was stolen. Every other time, I knew exactly where the votes were going. Okay. The only time I didn't know where every vote was going was the John Blind side. So I was in on every single plan that involved me being the person that threw votes on the potential, you know, for a potential item play. Um, so that that didn't bother me. I'm fine with that because I stand by every single one of those votes. Mm-hmm. Um, the not being asked a question, I, I like to say this, you know, um, Jeff always looks for memorable women in Survivor. And I believe I could have been one of those memorable women. I, I don't want to be sitting here pumping myself up so much, but I, in the early game is where my threat level really ascended because I was the person consistently stepping up. I was chosen as the strongest Goliath female. I won the first immunity. And if we had given me more meat, early on, the people would understand what made me such a threat at the end, what mm. made me so scary that come the 10th the person out, we had to start targeting me. Um, so it was exceedingly frustrating. It was, it was hurtful. I mean, I'm a huge super fan, and I honor this game, and it is a sacred game to me. And the experience of watching it back and being invisible or quiet for so long when you are giving your heart and your soul and pouring everything into the experience, it hurts a little bit, especially when you know what your storyline is and that you do become this underdog who's going to claw vote after vote after vote and rely not on advantages, not on immunity victories, not on, you know, not on hidden idols, but instead on just sheer relationships and sheer genuine trust in people. So yeah, it's not a flashy game that makes for dynamic TV. It's not jacket and eggs. It's um, it's not rights negotiations. It's not a lot of things, but it is a game that is filled with class and poise and intelligence and kindness. And maybe that doesn't translate on TV, but it's a game that I can stand behind. 
that's fantastic. Thank you for telling me all that and sharing that. Uh, I, I really think that's a great answer. I hope people hear that. Um, you are, however, the queen of Twitter with your gifts and your captions. Yeah. I think that you, you've, you've established yourself there. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> um, that's yeah. the I'm happy to wear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Davey, it was revealed last night to us, too, that you were, uh, in fact, an, really an alternate for this season. Um, I know you kind of touched yeah. a little bit on the on, on it on the show, but uh, c- can you talk us through just exactly how crazy that was to not be on the show and then to be on the show? Yeah, you know, man. Um, uh, when they told me no, I was kind of slipping into a little bit of a depression, thinking, you know, what mm-hmm. other black guy do they have that's more entertaining <laughs> than Davy Armstrong Rickenbacker? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, they must have a professional athlete out there. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I got that call two days before, I was really just sitting on my couch, and they called me, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go. And what you don't know is I was actually working my dream job. I was working as a health communication specialist at the Center for Disease Control. And that was a hard decision, but it was an easy decision, if that, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Leaving my dream job to pursue my dream dream was so much more for me because you don't get opportunities like this um, once in a lifetime. Sure. So, yeah, so, I, so, so once I got that call, you know, I threw as many Hawaiian shirts as I could into my uh, basket. <laughs> I have really supportive parents to where I was able to, you know, make the checklist of everything that needs to happen. And my mother is even allergic to my dog, and she still kept him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, That's I just love. feel like, exactly. And I feel like I couldn't have done all of that without my faith. And I feel like everything happens for a reason. And just all of that, you know, and, oh, and by the way, I was up it, jumping and down screaming to where I lost my voice. And all of my <laughs> press interview, I had no voice. So that just speaks to you know, the outer bodiness of me being selected last minute, and I just thank God. And had I not been selected, I think this season wouldn't have been as epic as it was. Oh, that's absolutely for sure. Yeah, that's my last question to, to both of you is, you know. You I get... would echo that it would not be as electric. He was amazing. <laughs> well, that's my last question to both of you is, um, you know, everybody talks about how great this cast was. The season was so well received. You all played a part in it. Um, but what struck me the most, too, was how fantastic the jury was. It didn't seem like there was a lot of bitterness in terms of, like, picking that final winner. Uh, usually we see really, really bitter juries where they kind of get all together and decide who they're going to, you know, rip on or whatever. Um, what do you guys think makes a great cast? I think there was just magic. There was magic in the air. Um, truthfully, they found 20 compelling people from all different walks of life who had their own perspective and who also loved Survivor and who were here to play this game and play it hard and play it well and play it full throttle. So I think that was the magic of the season. Okay. Davey? You know, I think it, I think it has a lot to do with diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as a child, I used to watch these reality shows and there would be seven people of the same, uh, of the same race. And then, I'm not saying that they aren't different, but, you know, as a viewer, it kind of just looked like they were the same. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we had, you know, four black people in this season, two Asians, you know, different people from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. I think diversity is what really makes a season great because it's people from all walks of life. That way viewers have so many options of people to relate to. 
Guys, that was all great, great stuff. It was super cool uh, getting to chat with both of you, watching you on the season, and uh, hope for many great things for both of you down the road. Thank you so much, Tom. All right, thank you guys. Have a good day. So that's going to do it again for this podcast. Uh, I appreciate everybody who has been listening to this thing throughout the season, who supported my uh, stuff on Reality T all season. And I uh, want to let you know that you know I'm going to be back doing this again for season 38. It starts February 20th. It's called Survivor Edge of Extinction. And uh, we got a little sneak preview of it last week or last night, and I'm not really sure what I think about it, but I didn't know what I thought about David versus Goliath either, and it turned out to be a great season. So, yeah, we got 16 returning, or I'm sorry, 16 new players, four returning players, including Joe Englum and uh, maybe more importantly, Joe Englum's mustache. Get a look at that thing, man. That thing should be uh, should count as like some sort of immunity idol or something. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not always crazy about Joe. He's a very popular uh, character with the kids, but he has not been a good survivor player the two times he's played. So I'm more excited about uh, the inclusion of uh, David and then also uh, Aubrey. And, you know, Kelly Wentworth I'm on the fence with. You know, I she definitely proved that she, you know, she got voted out early on her first season, came back, did okay, you know, did great the second time around, showed that she was a good personality. But is she like a returning player? You know, I don't know. So I'm a little torn. If they're going to bring back four players, I guess I would have selected maybe a different grouping. How about some of the players from uh, the season that we just saw? I would much rather watch Christian play the game again, wouldn't you guys, or or any of these players. So anyway, uh, Edge of Extinction, the cool part about that, if, if you guys don't know, the rumors about the twist, I don't know that this is confirmed or anything, so this is just some speculation, but it is not Exile Island is what you kind of thought when you saw the preview last night. It's something completely different called the Island of Extinction. And the concept is that when you get voted off of the show, you actually don't leave the show or the game you go you get sent to isle of extinction which is a place that is apparently more brutal than ever before on the show it's an island where you have very limited resources very limited food it's like uh taking it would make like living on the regular survivor camp like look like you know the hilton so people get sent to extinction island and then it basically they either decide to quit the game or they decide to stay stick it out and if they decide to stick it out, they remain on ex- extinction until they can come back into the game. So there would be like maybe one or two points, you know, at the merge maybe, and then maybe later in the game where people could come back from Extinction Island and back into the game. So what does this mean? It could mean that uh, nobody could get voted out theoretically until the the last episode of the whole season. That means, you know, people could get voted out of the game. They'd go to Extinction, and if everybody sticks around Extinction Island, uh, they all could come back into the game, I guess. Something like that. This sounds to me, that I'm looking at it through the the lens of a a exit press, and it's going to be an absolute nightmare for exit press. You know, we're used to the the methodical, you know, each week at a certain time, we get the interview with the person that was just voted off. The way that this show sounds like it's structured, I'm not sure we're going to have weekly interviews next season. That could maybe take away from the game. So, I don't know. There's a lot to be hashed out and figured out. I'm not sure what I think of the new thing. I kind of like the concept of it, but I don't know if I like the idea that 
uh, my exit press is going to get all screwed up. So we'll have to see. That's coming in February, though, and I just want to wish everybody a uh, happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a joyous January, whatever you got going on. Just uh, be safe out there. Thank you again for watching. Uh, watching. Thank, that, that's my television voice kicking in. Thank you all for listening to this podcast, and I really appreciate your support, and I uh, really hope to continue doing this into the future. If you liked what you heard this season and you wanted to uh, give a small donation, I still do have a uh, Patreon site up. It's patreon.com forward slash film survivor. You can pledge as little as a dollar a month uh, and you can win some cool survivor stuff on there. So help keep this film survivor podcast going by doing that. Might come at you with some movie related things in between now and February, but if not, we'll be in touch when there's a new cast announcement or any kind of new news drops uh, coming up on season 38. So again, thank you all for joining me this season. Thank you for reading all of my recaps and interviews on Reality T, and just have a fabulous time. We will see you soon.